Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top-quality, personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. I actually have no idea if the uh, the song in my ears is playing at the exact same time as the one you guys are hearing. So you guys see me like doing these drum riffs over here and it probably looks way the hell off. But I promise you, I actually, nobody ever believes this about me. I actually do have pretty good rhythm. It's like the secret thing for the secret Dan Vesper sauce is I am actually uh, musically inclined. I can't sing all that well, not since puberty, and I stopped taking guitar lessons when I was 14, so that's deep in the darkest, grossest recesses of my adolescent brain. But my brain is still an adolescent brain. Does making fart jokes not count? Counts for something. Welcome to Buy Low, week 13 here on Fantasy NBA Today. I'm Dan Bespris, at Dan Bespris on Twitter. Been forgetting to give my uh, Twitter handle on the last couple of shows. I've been so overwhelmed by the fun. We had uh, the, the show earlier this morning where I got wild and woolly talking about our upcoming trade deadline show. And then the one before that was our Legends show with Dr. A and Brew. This one is normal. It was a normal buy low show. Although I do, I definitely do still want you guys to go give a thumbs up uh, in advance to our trade deadline live show. That link I will once again put in the chat room and in the show description. I'll throw it up on the screen here while I'm doing my show intro. Big deal. I want pre-likes. I want that loaded up. We're going earlier than anybody. It's dumb, frankly, how early we're going on Thursday, February 8th, it's three weeks from today, the day we're recording this by low show, uh, and we're going on at 7.30 in the morning, Pacific time. I'm sending my kids off to school with the wife. She's doing double drop-off, and nobody's bothering me for half a day. And then I have to take a break and then call a uh, college basketball doublehead, doubleheader. So uh, God help my voice on that Thursday, February 8th, but damn it, we're going to have a blast, and I need you guys to drop a thumbs up on that link on your screen. Uh, quick question that just popped up in the chat room before I even get started. Any stash-worthy players before the deadline? Great question. My hope is that I can do a stashes show on Saturday of this week. So that'll be two days from today. The uh, They rarely pan out, but there are a few names that I've had kicking around kind of in the back of my head that I think would be kind of fun to get on a stashes episode. Uh, so we'll do that. This, of course, is a SportsEthos.com presentation. Fantasy baseball draft season here is right around the corner. The amazing team at Ethos Fantasy BB, helmed by the great Joe Orico, host of our Fantasy MLB Today podcast, are going to be putting together a hell of a damn draft guide. So definitely check that out, and we'll be promoing that in the not-too-distant future as well. All right, so look. This week's Buy Low episode is a little different. Mostly because there aren't that many names. So first things first, before we even get into the this week's names, I do want to give a recent 
a plug to what we talked about last week. So I think we did it on Thursday last week as well. I was hoping I could do it earlier this week, but my younger kid was off school Monday and Tuesday for the holiday. I mean, I don't know what the Tuesday thing was about. Um, and then so yesterday we had the big Legends show. Today's sort of like the catch-up day. Last week we had D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, and Zach Levine as the three buy lows on the board. I'll be honest with you guys. I don't even know if Zach Levine is doing better this week than he was last week. I know he's been working his way back into game shape. I know he's number 67 uh, per game overall. Um, I think he's been pretty good. And I think he's been like in the top 50 range, 17, 6, and 6. Pretty good percentages. So that's fine. Austin Reeves has seen no discernible change. But D'Angelo Russell was a massive hit. We knew it was going to be a massive hit, too, because there was just no way the Lakers were going to screw around with their rotations long enough and leave him on the bench forever. And the worst-case scenario for D'Lo was that he was going to get traded, and then someone was going to give him minutes there. Did I think it was going to turn overnight? No. Uh, we got a little bit lucky and a little bit right on that one. Because you knew somebody was going to be like, hey, this guy can play ball. Why is he getting 16 bench minutes? That doesn't make any sense. This guy's better at basketball than almost all the guys that are playing in front of him. Well, not surprisingly, D'Lo's gone nuts. LeBron missed a game... That helped a lot because he put up, what, 39 there last week. D'Lo is top 30 since our buy low wreck. They don't all work out like that, but sometimes they do, and when they do, we feel pretty good about ourselves. A couple of other buy low notes. Uh, we have all those, like, we've banked a lot of wins. DeMar DeRozan was a win. Jalen Williams was a win. We got a lot of wins that we've banked, but I wanted to focus on a couple of the names that are uh, not wins right now. Because I know if I just focus on the wins, then people are going to be like, oh, Dan, all you do is, you know, wank on air. And I don't want that to be the thing you guys take away. We have a lot of wins, and anybody that's been watching these buy low shows since week one or week two or whenever we started doing them is fully aware that you've cashed in on a crap ton of really, really easy calls. But there's a few names out there that haven't quite stuck yet. Most notably, members of the Brooklyn Nets. Cam Johnson and Mikael Bridges. Neither one of them has taken the step forward that we thought they would. And it might take until the trade deadline for them to realize that they got to blow something up. Or maybe it just turns out that the Nets are horrible all year. That's a possibility. Although right now, I feel like you could get most of the Brooklyn Nets for about as cheap as you could get them at any point all year. Mikael Bridges is number 89, which is, mind you, a tiny bit higher than he was a week and a half ago. So to that end, it has been better, and there's been some gains on that. But Cam Johnson is still outside the top 100. Nick Claxton has been trending down lately. Spencer Dinwiddie's been awful, but I'm not a fan of his fantasy 9-cat game anyway. Cam Thomas, remember when we called him a sell-high slash a flip guy? And he's just been bad for like the last three, four weeks in a row. It's a mess out there. Maybe Ben Simmons shows up and that helps this situation. Maybe not. What really matters is how cheaply you can acquire these guys now. And Cam, Tom Cam Johnson, you might be able to get off the waiver wire because at the moment he can't hit a free throw, which is super weird. Uh, otherwise, this stuff is not all that far off from where we need it to be. Field goal percent, uh, threes, steals, I think I'd like to see climb up a little bit higher. But the team's just been generally bad. The vibes are bad, and everybody's playing poorly as a result. So if you can go get Cam Johnson off the waiver wire, you certainly do it. If it's going to cost you like a top 120 guy, you probably do it. And then for Mikhail Bridges, if you can get him now, I mean, someone might part with him for like a 75 to 90 range, dude. I don't know that I would go a whole lot higher than 60 at the moment. 
but there are guys in that range that would almost definitely get it done. So uh, I wanted to mention the D-low one because that's actually one of my favorite calls of all time on, in terms of a buy low because I do watch the Laker games closely and I saw all the stuff that was going on with Darvin Ham just yanking him around and how D-low was getting annoyed with being yanked around. He was sort of driving angry on the basketball court. And they finally were just like, okay, dude, like, go play. And duh, it freaking worked. And then Jimmy Butler was one of our buy lows, and then he immediately got hurt. But now he's back, and he's already up to number 41 from number 49, so a good return for Jimmy. I still think he gets into the early 20s. Uh, he's only at 1.1 steals per game. The assists are still a little bit low. The field goal percent is still a little bit lower than we would have expected. A lot of the other stuff is basically where you'd want but the Heat need him to be attacking if they're going to keep this going because you can see some of the others are starting to run out of gas and the Heat have kind of played some weird games over the last little bit. Uh, so Jimmy Butler, harder to buy low on now since he just came back from injury, making him, I don't think, someone you could really put on this board again. But this is why sometimes you double down on guys. You know, he was a buy low right before the injury, so hell yeah, he was a buy low while he was hurt because the price got even lower. But let's get into the main. I mean, this is going to be a shorter show today because there's really one name that I want to talk about on today's program, and that is Steph Curry. Steph Curry is your buy low, like maybe of the century. <laughs> there are few players that I would trust more than Steph to get this thing turned around. The beautiful reason why this call is so easy is that Steph Curry over the last month, and it depends on uh, what website you're looking at, but over the last two weeks, he's outside the top 40. Over the last month, he's outside the top 30. Uh, again, you know, Yahoo has him one place. The Basketball Monster ranking side has him a couple slots lower. It's all, you know, either way, it's lower than you'd expect. He's number 21 overall on the season. Steph Curry, over the last two weeks, is shooting 38% from the field. 38%. Over the last month, he's at 41.8. Otherwise, things are pretty close to where we need them over that month. He's at 24 points, but again, a lot of that has to do with the fact that he's not hitting his shots. He's at four three-pointers. Why isn't it five, you ask? Well, because he's not hitting his shots. Three boards, six assists, 1.1 steals, half a block. Those are actually, believe it or not, better than I think what we were expecting going into this year. Uh, and for me, one of the telltale markers is as soon as someone on Twitter hits me with, this dude is washed, which I think is such a silly expression, but this dude is washed, people don't get the irony of it, I think. Uh, that's how I know it's time to buy low on a guy. Because when you look at what Steph's done, outside of the COVID year that he basically just sat out with an injury, if you want to call it that, Steph Curry, uh, throughout his prime, has been a 48-50% to 50 field goal shooting dude. Right now, he's missing his twos, believe it or not. Because his three-point percent is not that far off this year. He's at 40 instead of 43, although... Uh, career mark is 42 and a half. So I guess you could kind of note that both of those are down. Three point percent is down. Two point percent is down. Free throws fine. 
Rebounds are down this year, uh, but they were up last year. I don't think you ever could have really expected him to stay at six boards per game. But, I mean, climbing back towards five is conceivable. Assists are down because no one on his team can hit a damn bucket. Some of that was because Chris Paul was there, but then Draymond's been out. Steals over the last month are actually better than what they were for the rest of the year, and turnovers are almost exactly the same. So when you look at Steph, there's really only one thing to think about, and that's that his usage is basically the same, and his field goal percent is anywhere from 3 to 5 percentage points too low. And that matters. Because 5%, if that's where you end up putting this marker at, if you're going to call it, you know, whatever, say, say 3% on everything that he's done, the scoring goes from 27 back up a point. The three-point percent comes back up. All of a sudden, he's back near five three-pointers a game instead of four. You know, last year, he shot 42.5% from three on the exact same number of three-pointers per game. And he was at 4.9. This year, he's at 4.5. Last year, the percentage of shots he was taking uh, from two-point land was actually higher. Part of why his field goal percent was a little bit higher overall. But again, a lot of it's just because he's not making shots. But it's easy to forget that at the beginning of this season, he was. It wasn't like he just magically got bad. That doesn't make any sense. That's nonsensical lunacy. This is Steph Curry we're talking about. Over the first month of the year, he shot 48%, which is still lower than his career mark, but he was number 13 over that stretch on 48%. This is the difference. By the way, his steals and blocks were low during that stretch as well. So he could have been higher than number 13 if the defensive stats were even at the, where they were last year. He's at 29 in change points, five boards, five uh, boards, and four and some odd assists. Again, mostly because his teammates can't shoot to save their lives. This is Steph freaking Curry we're talking about now. He didn't just, like, in the middle of December forget how to play basketball. You guys may remember some things, plural, that happened in the middle to late December. That happened to, not coincidentally, coincide with Steph Curry forgetting how to play basketball. Those things are Draymond Green, indefinite suspension, Chris Paul out for a month with a hand injury. Those are not coincidental. Steph plays his best ball when he is off ball more. When he is running pick and roll with Draymond Green, who's an outstanding uh, short roll passer. The Warriors offense as a whole is just better when Draymond is in there, in their usual roles. I don't want to say that I bet my life that like, the second Draymond is back around at a normal number of minutes that Steph just, again, we're going to call it magic for today's show because, you know, science is too complicated. Steph isn't just going to magically be a whole lot better the moment that Draymond's playing starters minutes, but he actually also kind of might be because in the very last ball game, the Warriors' most recent game, which was on Monday, although I think they're back at it tonight, the Warriors' most recent game on Monday, a loss at Memphis, ugh, gross, throw up, Steph went 11 for 20. Over 50% from the field, 26 points, 8 assists, 2 steals and a block, only 3 three-pointers, and 5 turnovers, so not good there. But in a game they lost by 9, he was a minus 2. Draymond was a plus 1 
in the 24 minutes he was on the court. Draymond's has, Draymond has so many problems, and maybe this time off helped him address some of them. I don't know. We'll find out soon enough. One of, his, one of the things with Dre that's not a problem is chemistry with the Warriors' old crew. Him being out there makes Steph better, makes Clay better, makes and Wiggins doesn't matter, but makes Wiggins better. That's just how this team is built. They are bad. One of the gambling principles, and this is not a show about Draymond Green, this is a show about Steph Curry, but one of the gambling principles that I've always liked to sort of back up against was there are certain guys in the NBA when they're out, the line over-adjusts. When a superstar is out, the line typically adjusts by a lot of points, and then people keep betting it into a farther direction. Draymond is the opposite of that. When he's out, the line's like, ah, Draymond, he's worth a half a point. He's worth so much more than that to the Warriors. Steph's the best player on that team, but he and Draymond are probably equally important to what they're doing because of what Dre does for Steph. I would expect Sturry, Steph Sturry. Has anyone ever called him Sturry? Steph Curry combined into one word? Oh, Sturry. I would expect Steph Curry to get back up from where he's been, which is 30s, 40s, this very weird, awful shooting stretch, into the top 15, possibly overnight. Like, you might legitimately have an hour or two to pull off this by low, but you should try to do it. Find someone on your team that's between 15 and 25 and offer them up for Steph Curry. I'm not talking about over the last month. I'm talking about for the season. You're going to have to part with somebody of pretty good name recognition. Tyrese Maxey, Chet Holmgren, Scotty Barnes, these guys have all been kind of trending down a little bit. They're not awful ideas. James Harden, who's been amazing but probably doesn't get inside the top 12. Uh, LeBron's been going the wrong way. He'd be an interesting one to try to give up for Steph. Devin Booker. He's been sort of slowly going the wrong way. Not a lot, but enough to say, I think this guy can get in front. Uh, I just, I think Steph is on his way from the early 20s back up into the very early teens. And maybe if things break right, he can get as high as the top 12. It's hard right now. Top 12 is, is uh, oof, that's, a, that's a monster to get into, but... A Steph Curry heater, a two-week heater for him where he shoots like 53 54% is well within reach. If or when it happens, he rocket boosts himself up the board and you're going to want him on your fantasy team when it happens. I had one other name um, that I thought would be kind of interesting here, and maybe this one, uh, I'm not going to talk about it quite as long as I talked about Steph, but that name is DeJounte Murray who's number 42 for the year in nine cap, but over the last two weeks, he's number 91. And I feel pretty strongly that the trade rumors are at the core of why DeJounte's not himself lately. I think he probably gets back into the 35 to 40 range, which is generally where he was prior to this little bit of a cold snap, mostly because his defensive stats have been low. And I think you could probably get him for someone in the 50 range because people are afraid of where he might end up. Like if he gets traded to the Lakers... Does that ruin his fantasy value? I don't actually think that it would. He might not be at 21 points, but I would assume the four and ch change assists work their way back up a little bit. If you're not alongside Trey Young, yeah, that helps a little. Uh, who would I give up for him? I mean, the other guys in that range, you're going to have to find somebody with some name recognition. DeMar would be interesting. I like DeMar. You guys know we did a buy low on him when he was in the 60s, and he's in the 40s now. Uh, um... 
you could get him for Vooch, I would do it. If you could get him for Miles Bridges, maybe plus someone in the 80s, I would do it. Alperin Shengun, that's kind of an even swap. I don't know that I would go that direction. Jalen Williams is kind of an even swap, so I don't know that you're actually getting a whole lot of bonus value there. Uh, if you if for, if Tyler Hero plus someone, that might get it done. Like Hero plus Devin Vassell or Hero plus, I don't know. Uh, I'm looking down the board here. Eh, D'Lo. D'Lo is on the rise. Um you know, I guess that not that many names match up perfectly here for DeJounte. And so that does make him a little bit of a tougher buy low. Tobias Harris plus someone in the 70s would probably get it done. Um, Miles Turner straight up might get it done. These are names that I would consider for DeJounte Murray. And honestly, I'm just not that... I'm not that scared... I don't think that a team trading for Murray is going to marginalize him. I think, I, frankly, I liked what he was when he was San Antonio Murray, and I don't expect him to be the primary ball handler on any team he goes to. But I do expect that wherever he goes, he'd be used better than how he's being used alongside Trey Young because it's just so hard to play alongside Trey. You're not going to be the guy with the basketball in your hands as often as you'd like to be. And I know what you're thinking about the Lakers, but if you've watched LeBron this year, he's been very comfortable playing off ball a lot more. I just, and I know there's other teams, you know, the Sixers are involved, the Heat are involved. Almost any place he goes, his job is easier to do than his job in Atlanta right now. Uh, I'm not as high on this one. I don't think there's as much margin for gain. I just think you might be able to bungle your way into a, a manager who's afraid of what DeJounte Murray might become, and they're looking at it, they're like, oh, he's already trending down. This is going to be a rough, rough trade deadline for my guy, and maybe you could peel him away for, you know, that 50 to 70 range type of thing, like one of the names that I just threw out there. And I want to double down on a name from last week. This is just a quick reminder. At the end of last show on last Thursday, I had Darius Garland on the buy board. I said I thought he'd be back in two to three weeks last week. Now I think he's back in one to two weeks. So somewhere between seven and 15 days, basically. Uh, we still haven't gotten an update on him, which is why I was able to leave him on the board. And I think you could probably get him for somebody in the 80 range. And when Garland comes back, I think he'll probably be in the 50 to 60 territory. So an opportunity here, if you're willing to sit on a really interesting player for... I'd say maximum 15 days, you might be able to get a top 50 range dude for someone on your team who's more in that, you know, uh, like a Devin Vassell type. Absolutely, I would give him up for Darius Garland. Absolutely. Unquestionably. Uh, who else is down in that zone that might get it done? Kobe White, because nobody pays attention to defensive stats or percentages. By the way, I don't want to get accused of being down on Kobe White, but he's outside the top 140 over the last month. It's happened again. Regard like, I want to do a whole show on, on how everybody yells at me. Everybody hates Dan when I talk about Kobe White. He's just not as good in 9-cat as he is in other formats. He went on a crazy shooting run, and the, it's leveled off. Anyway, it's not about that. Uh, go see if you can get Darius Garland. I think your time is running short on this one. I think he's coming back pretty damn soon. I think 15 days is the absolute longest. I might get that wrong, but that's where I'm sitting on it. Uh, and so I think you could probably make that happen in uh, 
And I, and I, I think the person that has him was probably getting irritated, unless they're watching this show and they're thinking, don't you try to steal my Darius Garland. But go look at your board. Go look at guys that have name power in the 75 range and offer them up for Garland. Devin Vassell is the one that I really like. Next big game he posts for the Spurs, go try to get Garland for him. What if I don't have Devin Vassell, you ask? Um, OG Ananobi might get it done. Uh, looking at other guys with name power. Uh, I said Kobe White on a heater might make it happen. Uh, I don't think Mike Conley has enough scoring to make it go through. If you could pair Conley up with someone like a Jabari Smith Jr. Anthony Simons might get it done. People might not realize he's like top 100 range because he hits a lot of three-pointers. That could be an interesting one to flip out there, see what happens. D'Lo, we just talked about a minute ago. Probably would need a little bit more, but you never know. He's had a couple good games in a row. All right, friends, that's your buy low board here uh, for this lovely Thursday, January the 18th. Hopefully that'll take us through a little bit here. But again, like you might have a Steph Curry Mondo game coming up in the blink of an eye. Actually, they don't play tonight. Warriors had a Warriors were off a long time this week. Where the hell do they play again? Where are you? Oh, right. Yes, their game got postponed. That's what happened. I forgot. Yesterday's game got postponed. Tomorrow's game got postponed. That's my bad, everybody. I forgot where their schedule went. Uh, so you do have a little bit of time here to uh, to make the move on Steph Curry. Uh, to me, this one's, uh, you know, I, I've had a handful on here that I've called no-brainer by lows, and Steph is a no-brainer by low for me because he's so attached to what Draymond Green brings to that team, and uh, that's your opportunity to do it. Follow me. If you're watching this show on Twitter, just click the follow button. That's really easy. If you're watching it on YouTube, at Dan Bespris, you can see this stuff on your screen. If you're listening after the fact, it's D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Please, please, please take a moment to go drop over to our Trade Deadline live show. Throw a like on that beforehand so we can powerhouse through the algorithm. It's a really big day for us. We've gained like multiple hundred uh, Twitter, YouTube, podcast subscribers and followers just from that one day alone. It, it honestly, like, it's the day where we have an impact. The, the opportunity for us to make the biggest impact on any single day in the entire calendar year is that morning. So please do hit a thumbs up on that. That should also give you some kind of reminder that it's coming. Uh, but, you know, we'll be on the whole damn morning. So you can join us when you want, leave us when you want, whatever. It's an awesome, awesome show. I have the time of my life on it every time. Shout out to Manscaped.com, promo code Ethos20. Get 20% off your order and free shipping at Manscaped.com. A shout out, as always, to our pals at SportsEthos.com, Ethos Fantasy BK for your basketball news feed, Uh, Ethos Fantasy BB with baseball here around the corner. Make sure to check them out as well. Have a lovely rest of your Thursday, everyone. Hopefully these names are good to buy low for the next couple of days, give you an opportunity to kind of work through it. Again, I am Dan Vespris. This is Fantasy NBA Today. Back tomorrow with our always fun Friday week in review show and then hopefully a stash show coming up on Saturday. The first time, first time we do one of those as kind of a specialty edition. Uh, seems like you guys are enjoying the specialty shows we're putting out there, so I'll keep trying new ideas. This is my handful of darts. This is me throwing them at a wall. Find out what sticks later. It's fun. I like screwing around, trying stuff out. All right, tip of the cap to you all. See you tomorrow.